Welcome to the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. I'm Caleb Oaks. Caleb, we wanted to talk in this episode about loading data into, uh, well, Data Lake. It used to be Data Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that has really gotten easier, maybe not easier, but a lot faster over the yeah. last two or three years. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. I mean, I think, uh, you know, really kind of the catalyst of, of how this has become a lot faster, a bunch of things kind of converged and we won't go into all the technical details and bore everybody with it. But really, um, what did it for us was like, Oh yeah, this is a good route for our clients is like the introduction of like chat GBT. Yeah. Okay. So that's true. Huge advantage using LLMs for coding. So mm-hmm. when you're building, when you're building a data pipeline, especially if you're connecting to an API, so you're not able to connect directly to a SQL server or something like that. Um, yeah, you're writing code. Yeah. And these new tools make it so much easier to write that code. Right. Right. Exactly. So that speeds it up a lot. And that's kind of really where, at least for us, where we're like, okay, yeah, we need to really start looking into, um, a different solution than, you know, like a traditional data warehouse. Right. Um, and, you know, we were no strangers, of course, to data lakes when that came out. So it's not like we were stuck in the past in SQL Server data warehouses, but, um, you know, it became a, a catalyst to say, okay, this is good for everybody now. And, you know, I guess the other thing is that when you just talk about a data lake, storage is extremely cheap. Yeah. Um, so you can load a bunch of data into it. Um, you can do it quickly now and, you know, it's not going to cause problems. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it quickly and it's not just cheap. It's very fast, very performant. Mm-hmm. Um, there's things you have to do to make that, that useful. Of course, it's not just loading the data, but building that data pipeline is where you start. So you get the data loaded and it's not just one load. I mean, you need that to be running continuously bringing in changes to the data lake and hopefully you're doing it in a way that you're capturing those changes so you can go back in time and look how it, uh, you know, how it existed in the past. Um, but you also need it to perform well when you're pulling data out. Mm-hmm. And I remember when data lakes first started coming out and we were talking about them five, six years ago, um, you know, there could be challenges with that around organization and the technology and so on, but it's gotten really good. Yeah. I mean, on the Microsoft stack, the, you know, the, the Azure data lake and, and using Spark and PySpark and so all that stuff. It's amazing how fast you can do things. Yeah. Right. I think one of the biggest things that enabled that was the introduction of that open source, uh, file format of Delta Lake. Yeah. Like that is, that's been a really important tool for making that a viable option for exactly what you're talking about, pulling in changes and being able to go back in time and stuff like that. So. Really what this has enabled us to do is go from an old model of, you know, building the data warehouse where pulling in the data, you know, building the, uh, the pipeline, the ETL, um, and then building out a decent data warehouse, not data lake, but a data warehouse where you could start doing reporting. I mean, it could take six weeks. It could take eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Depending on how many data sources you're pulling in, it could take, you know, 12 or more weeks. And, and with this new model using data lakes and with the speed with which you can build the data pipelines, you can actually get that data consolidated fast, you know, a week. Right. We can have something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think you can, you can do a lot more metadata driven development. So you don't have to write as many lines of code, you know, and it kind of, it, it allows you to move a lot quicker with that. So, um, you're right. Like you, now we can do it in, 
you know, less than two weeks, like a week and a half, and we'll have a data source inside of that data lake ready to be pulled and accessed and start looking at data inside of some of these BI tools that uh, consume these Delta Lake files. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just the load too, right? You have to have you have to have a way to look at the data that's in the data lake that's easy to understand for analysts and report writers. So uh, a data model that sits on top of that. Um, but that's just really fast to do now, too. The technologies that have come along to make that easy so that you now have a data lake house. So you sort of have the best of both worlds. You got the data lake flexibility. You got the data warehouse structure that's easy to interact with. Um, it's just gotten much easier and much quicker to build that. Yeah. Right. It's really cool to see like how fast, how much faster we can, we can get things out for our clients. And I think, you know, all these advances in technology have really helped that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it enables things for, for companies that we don't necessarily do either. Right. Like, um, you know, it allows them their own analysts to get access to live refreshing data without having to get direct access to a backend database. Right. Um, it allows them to access this, that data model that you were talking about and something that's familiar to them and easy to understand and intuitive. So they don't have to be database or data engineers data uh, to pull things yeah. together. Right. So it, it, it just enables so many things, not to mention the coming generative AI and natural language querying that you're going to be able to do against, uh, like a data lake. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time. It definitely is. So, you know, a lot of our uh, clients are mid-market companies, um, mostly owned by private equity firms, very often pursuing a buy and build strategy. So they're doing a lot of acquisitions of smaller companies. Um, and, you know, five years ago, three years ago, companies would often say, okay, we've done these four acquisitions. Um, we don't really want to spend the money and the time to pull the data into the data warehouse from those. We'll wait until we uh, implement this ERP on the platform company and we'll put the, the acquired companies onto that ERP and then we'll, we'll get it then. Um, the, the sad reality is that very often those ERP projects take twice as long as you expect. Sometimes they even fail. And so you're sort of flying blind on these new companies you bought. Uh, and you don't have to do that now. You yeah. can buy a company on Monday. You can have access to data in the data lake from that company by the following Monday. Within a couple of weeks, you've done an integration to the data model that already exists from the platform, and you're getting reporting, you know, that quickly. Right, right. I think there is one example we had of, uh, I know we've mentioned it before on this podcast, but where there was a CFO was going and logging into like seven different instances of QuickBooks or something, 10. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's a great use of his time, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That that you can just skip that, right? Right. You can just go ahead and load load, load them, yeah, every night. Just yeah, get, exactly. Get with the updates, mm -hmm. okay. Well, I I think that's really just one we wanted to talk about is make sure people are aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at a data project and and talking to potential partners, um, be careful that you don't get you don't hire someone who's still working in that older sort of three, five-year-old model of let's build up a, a SQL data warehouse, Kimball model data warehouse. It's going to take 12 weeks. It's going to, you know, cost yeah. a lot of money and time. And you can do it much quicker now. Find a partner that knows how to use some of these new tools. I think what we've, it actually makes me think of, uh, well, we're trying to wrap this up, but I'm going to say this anyway. Yeah, I actually thought of something else too. <laughs> okay. Keep going. So, uh, you know, we, if you think about kind of the progression of really business intelligence and, and side of companies, like when data warehouses first started to become, you know, popular, um, 
there was this huge one to two year long process of mapping everything out and you know this getting just your canonical huge, data model yeah, and, yeah yeah just like this thing is supposed to meet the needs of the entire organization so and that didn't really work that well right like sometimes it did sometimes it didn't data warehouses actually got a really bad name because yeah. of that and then we kind of moved into this this mode of um, okay, let's do it a little bit quicker and just kind of focus on certain aspects of the business, perhaps. Build data um, marts and build data marts and like kind of smaller targeted development, which is what we did for a long time. Yeah. Um, and that, that worked better, but still had its own, you know, problems of, uh, you know, taking a while and then getting you to a place that, you know, was pretty good, but. You know, you kind of needed to keep moving faster and, and, you know, things just change in 12 weeks. So <laughs> had some more things that could be resolved. And now we're talking about like in two weeks, let's get you something and then let's start kind of iterating on on what what is out there. Yeah. And I think that's a much better model. Oh, my gosh. Um, and you know, it's just kind of the next natural progression. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and who knows where it's going to go with all of these uh, AI tools that are coming. It may get even Quicker, it likely yeah, right. will. Uh, but where we are now is it's gotten a lot better fast. Um, the, the other point I wanted to make was um, historically companies, if they wanted to speed up, would use a tool like a, a Fivetran or Talent mm. or something like that to create their data pipelines. Um, it was quite expensive. Um, still is. <laughs> yeah, still is. Right. And you still have to manage all of that stuff. Um, you can just build that stuff now and not have that sort of tax of one of these tools, these tools that charge you by the number of records you're loading right. every month, that type of thing. Right. Um, you're still going to have costs for moving data and storing data, but it's just a fraction if you're using, for example, Azure Data Lake mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a, I'm actually curious how those companies are going to, you know, survive really with this. Because as soon as once AI is able to just write you the code and it actually works yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to kind of be able to tweak it and get it to work for your specific case, um, you know, you're going to be able to write your own connectors pretty easily. It's right? true. I guess there might be a use case if you're a company, you don't want to hire a partner to do it. You're not super technical. Um, so even using the LLM to write the code. You know, Maybe there's there's, nice. there's still some complexities there. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, and so you might there's probably a use case for that, but yeah. for the general use case, I'm not sure. If you're yeah. technically savvy, or your partner's technically savvy, I, I can't imagine paying that tax. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, well, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it will. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, good discussion. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks. Thanks.